0: Strange Familiars. Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year to you, Tim.
0: Our first show of the year. People didn't like my sample. It's okay. They found it very jarring. Tyler Strand called me <laughs> a couple of hours after the episode dropped, I think. And he's like, You know, there's voices at the beginning of your episode. That's all the further he got. He didn't listen in to where we actually talk about it. And I hit it again and uh-huh. say, You're late. You're late. He's like, I've been listening to it. I'm trying to figure out what they're saying. On tonight's show, Jennifer will tell us about upright wolves.
1: What's the difference between an upright wolf
0: and a dogman? I don't like dogman. It's the same. Thing. Oh, okay. So I don't like different. the name dogman. I think it's a stupid name.
1: Bipedal wolves?
0: Bipedal wolves, wolfman. Hey, I'll take werewolf. Yeah, I just don't, I don't like the term dogman. Anyway, these are upright canines, whatever oh. you want to call them, right here in New York County.
1: This is a local show uh it extends you know. outward but yeah. but there is a there's a local there's a local element. element to it
0: she's also seen strange lights in the woods and in her house she's got some ghost stories as well so we'll get into all that in a minute before we talk to Jennifer I would like to thank our patrons thank you patrons thank you for your help thank you for your support we could not make strange familiars without you If you like what we do and you'd like to get extra content, besides, you can become a patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. All of our patrons get commercial-free versions of the weekly shows, plus extra shows every month. At least one. Sometimes we do more than one. Again, it's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. There's also a version on Apple Podcasts called Patron of the Strange, where you can join and get the... Commercial free weekly episodes as well as the bonus episodes. All right, let's go ahead and talk to Jennifer. I'm talking with Jennifer tonight. How are you doing tonight?
2: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. I'm very anxious to get these stories because one of them's right outside of my hometown, it sounds like. Yes. You know, some local stories here from York County, as well as some other things. But uh, if you don't mind, because it's where I live, I'd love to get the York County stories first.
2: Yeah. Well, let me start off with feeling like, for the better part of <laughs> I don't know if it's Kismet or what, but like 20, 30 years since I was a teenager and I'm almost 49 now, I had a lot of friends that turned out to be from York County. And I've only had gone up there a few times when I was younger, but I have this weird, I don't know if it's kismet thing, where I go to a place that I've never really been to, and I feel kind of pulled to it, and then sooner or later, boom, there I am Mm. (laughs) in the area.
0: Did you end up living in New York then?
2: Well, no. I have someone who i had been dating for about five years. We're taking a bit of a break, and I have been exploring York with him now for that entire period. And up until just recently, I was debating on moving up there in the next couple months. But I've got an older teenager who's finishing up high school, and I want to give them the chance to finish first. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But we have had a lot of interesting experiences between York, Adams, and Michelle. So Ooh. I'll start with the ones that are in York first. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'd like to, I want to get all these, though. These, this is our stomping ground.
2: I know. And it's got, the whole county has got such an interesting energy to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: yeah. So it's it's even more alluring. I can't, I can't get enough of it. Okay, so he grew up in Red Lion area. Um, he's always been a York County boy. And he used to live right off of 74 before you would hit the official town of Red Lion. And when we first started dating, he had shown me some pretty interesting pictures, videos, and uh, phone call information about this strange looking cryptid or wolf-like creature that he had seen and heard out in the woods behind his neighborhood, which was pretty small. It was literally one street. Hmm. And he started showing me these pictures, which were insane. And of course, you know, I'm not an automatic believer, but... It was pretty compelling to me.
0: These were pictures that he took or friends? or
2: Pictures that he had took. Okay, mm-hmm. And they might even still be in existence somewhere.
0: These showed th- this creature, whatever it was.
2: Well, not the creature per se, but there were footprints.
1: Okay, okay.
2: There were scratches and damage to trees. I'll go in with the footprint first. The footprint was, I mean, he's a size 11, shoe and men's. And the footprint, which literally had paw prints and everything, was, I would have to say, much another two to three inches larger than that size of his foot. Wow. Yeah. And then the scratches were pretty crazy. It was like something went into the woods behind his neighborhood and tore the whole place up. Trees bent and cracked in half, scratches that went at least a good 10 to... 14 feet up high, and then just went down the length of the trees. And as if that wasn't strange enough, there were a couple other things he found that were um, interesting. He found a circle of quartz crystals, a huge pile marked in a few pointed areas. And he was like, I don't know, but this looks kind of weird. Like somebody was back here for a reason. A pile of what? Quartz crystals, like rocks. Uh, oh, oh, so it's. And I know that quartz of... is found. Wow. Okay. Pretty, right. pretty commonly in, in York, but yeah, it was placed. It wasn't just a natural occurrence. Mm-hmm. And he thought it was interesting because it was a circular thing. He also found a bit of a lean-to in the woods, and we don't know if that's connected. But we also found. I don't know if you know how some of the indigenous nations used to have trees that were bent to be used as markers for pathways.
0: Yeah, they're very interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we found some of those, too. So that was pretty interesting. I didn't really have any experiences myself there. But he moved, I want to say, well, before the pandemic started, they moved over towards Spring Grove. And he thinks the thing kind of followed him a little bit. (laughs) He has seen some pretty interesting eye shine and shadow activity around his newest neighborhood, which is on the Stoverstown side of Spring Grove. Okay. And then one night over by Lake Lehman, which is really not a lake, it's dry right now, but Lake Lehman, there was a dirt road we were on. We had parked the car. We were sitting there just listening to the night, had the windows down, got out of the car, and I wasn't even out of the car for five seconds. And I heard something huge come running up on me. He hadn't gotten out of the car yet. What's what's going on? Because I'm rushing and trying to get back in the car. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, there's something out there. And he was like, No, it's pretty quiet back here. And I was like, no, there is something coming. Let's get out of here. And just as I started up the car to pull away as quickly as possible, he heard it and was like, whoa. He turned around and he said he saw something huge coming at us. So we booked out of there. He would think that that would probably be like a one-off. Maybe we were just imagining things. But he says that he's seen some pretty big things running through the fields out that way. Wow. He just can't track it long enough because... It's just so much, gosh, there's so many fields out that way with all the corn and everything being grown. Mm-hmm. So we had those experiences. And then what's interesting, too, is that in Adams County, we have friends who live near Fairfield. And we've even seen something big like that out there, which also goes into some fairy stuff, which I can talk about later if you want. But yeah, please do. We went to Micho. We would drive through there a couple times Usually, we would just park the car, get out, walk a little bit, stand and watch and enjoy nature. One day, we were driving up there, and it was just the two of us in a car. And there was this one guy that we happened to approach head on who had a dog in the car with him. And, And like we were all just moseying about, so we think. But all of a sudden, the dog, who had been completely calm prior, starts freaking out trying to get out of the passenger front seat window barking at something in the trees he was driving i was a passenger and i was like what is that about and i was like wait a minute i saw something move and the dog was freaking out but the guy kept going and it just got pretty creepy (laughs) pretty quickly it wasn't like either of us were speeding in our vehicles because there's a lot of potholes and rocks. Yeah. Micho's weird too. Oh yeah. <laughs> the yeah. whole area is kind of weird. <laughs>
0: yeah, Micho's a super weird place and has yeah. it's a big forest, but even considering and there's the number of sightings that are there is pretty wild considering the size of the place.
2: And it was up near where the quarry is. Okay. So, I mean, I I try to keep track geologically of areas. I've hit pins on things because I'm really interested in this stuff. So I make notes. I drop pins. I make notes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But we've had interesting things happen in Fairfield. You know, I know that there's got to be coyotes out there. (sighs) Because one night we sat out like right around Halloween. And all of a sudden there were howls coming from the woods. (laughs) We've had interesting times on our friend's land because... They live facing, now I don't know the name of the mountain, but it's where there's a ski resort. So they can look out over the valley and see, and there's nothing in front of their house. It's all field.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but they have a bit of a brick wall, like an old-fashioned, maybe Civil War-era-typed brick wall kind of on the property line. And he saw something pretty big move. The house kind of oddly stopped, and everything went eerily silent. Like, right at about the time where he was like, uh, did you see that? And I'm like, uh, ha ha, you're funny. But then you start hearing branches breaking. And it definitely kind of makes your hair stand up all over your body in goosebumps. But I wouldn't necessarily put it past because we've had experiences, like I said, all over your county. I've We've even found stuff here in Delaware that's kind of interesting because... Um, just now, they're starting to talk about a lot of sightings of some type of wolfy like creature that's been found in the Brandywine Valley region, which is adjacent towards PA anyway.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. There's an old legend of what they call the red dog fox there in the Brandywine. It was a, supposed to be a were but it was as large as a wolf. It was just basically a, this guy was supposed to turn into a, you know, instead of a werewolf, he was a, a were fox.
2: Interesting. That goes
0: back to the Revolutionary War times.
2: Ooh, well, I'd never heard that one before. But now that makes me wonder because we went hiking off of Thompson Bridge Road, I think it was in Brandywine River area, like kind of behind where Winterthur is. It's a huge estate, and we were in the middle of a cornfield, and it had to have been maybe early fall at best, still pretty warm, like an Indian summer and we found another footprint just one of its kind and it was also i would have to say about as big as a human head wow
0: and it was sort of like a canine print yes yeah that's a big canine print that is massive
2: yeah and we actually got a picture of that too
0: oh wow can you send it to me
2: I'll have to look and see if, if any of us still have it. Okay, yeah, if you, if you have it, please, yeah,
0: please send them along if you if you can.
2: But if I find any of these pictures, I will gladly forward them to you. Okay. So yeah, it's interesting because Delaware, of course, as, as most people might know, or maybe some don't, that uh, Delaware, especially Newcastle County, Delaware was once the lower part of Pennsylvania. Um, and they talk about how William Penn even landed here when it was PA. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a wolf-like creature. I don't know, but I almost and I wish he was here because I would literally ask him. I wonder if I'm forgetting that he maybe found something like her, but he I can't get a hold of him right now. So no yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. And my friend's property in Fairfield has even had fairy lights.
0: Just before we get to that, did he ever describe the large forms that that he was seeing in Spring Grove?
2: Yes, black and gray. He said it was definitely much larger than a Mastiff. He had seen Eyeshine. He's only seen it a few times. He works a lot. He's He goes down towards Hanover and he's all over the place. I don't know if he's seen it recently. I, I should probably ask him at some point, but... Yeah, it's kind of weird because he was like, "Oh, you know, I know that York County's got all these stories," and he's like, "I could probably talk about UFOs and stuff too." He was like, "But this one thing, it, the the fact that I figured, oh, okay, when we move, that's it, I'll never see that stuff again." And then, boop. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's dark.
2: This stuff happen
0: It's weird, but it does happen. Things tend to follow people. I don't know why, you know. And it, it's weird and it's creepy, but it, you know, I've heard a number of cases of people having like really intense Bigfoot activity on their property in Texas. And then they move to, you know, Michigan or something and the activity follows them. It's it's a very, very strange part of the phenomenon.
2: Now, I don't feel like he's ever felt scared about it. If anything, he feels more like it's curious about him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. But that one night on that one dirt road, yeah, no, it scared me. It got me. It got me. <laughs> so now, was I, he... I was totally unprepared.
0: You said it was bigger than a mastiff. Was he implying that this thing was on all fours, or, or is this an upright thing he's seeing or some combo? Upright. Of both? Oh, it's upright. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he even said, you know, with the fact that the scratches were up as high as they were, that would ha- it couldn't be a bear. He's like, there's no way that could be a bear.
0: Yeah. It's easy to write things off as a bear, but and we've had some bear around, but yeah, that would be a massively big black bear.
2: Yeah. And I haven't seen bears that were really big since I was up in Sullivan County, all the way in the middle of the state. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's when we get them around here, they tend to be, you know, the little guys just passing through.
2: <laughs> so yeah. So let's talk about these fairy lights in Fairfield. Okay. So uh, they, the woods behind their house creep me out. I don't really want to go back there. And there's field further back behind this patch of woods. And the woods kind of run down the entire length of the country road that they're on. We see deer all the time. And deer, I mean, they're pretty obvious. We call them dir because they just look like literally caught in the headlights most yeah. of the time.
3: Yeah.
2: If they're not trying to actually take your car out. During the daytime, I've seen lights just kind of drifting. Once or twice, I've heard what almost sounded like music. But... They are nowhere near any houses that were occupied at the time that I heard this, and that would have been like two years ago, maybe three at best. They've seen things, uh, they've heard things. Of course, my friend Mike—he's part of the couple that that are in this house. He has worked in Gettysburg as a historical reenactor as a ghost tour guide he's done all sorts of things so for him he's just kind of like oh yeah you know it comes with the area (laughs) but it's just odd because you can almost sometimes see what might be like shadows or people walking in the woods there but there's no hunting because it's too close to their house Mm -hmm. in fact i think the closest hunting stand tent that I've ever seen anywhere within their vicinity was at least two miles away. So it just seems weird. And I've never heard gunshot from any of the hunting in the area, you know, from any hunting in the area. But I don't know. It's weird because I've never really had a lot of faith things happen to me until I'd say 2018 here in Delaware. Where I used to live, we had had a new home that was built on top of what was the furthest edge of the one Revolutionary War battle that had happened in the state of Delaware, which is Cooch's Bridge. And where we were at, our whole neighborhood property was the encampment for the British that had come up from Baltimore. They knocked a lot of land down to build this neighborhood There is an old plantation-type farm, literally a half mile, a little more than that maybe, from the whole neighborhood's property line. But in 2018, this is like a carriage-style house. We had a three-story house, plenty of people in it. Everybody was gone except for me and my little dog. I have a Yorkie. And she's pretty hyper-vigilant. So everybody had left, and I was by myself. And I admit that I was um, trying to relax a little. And I was in my bathroom and I had the door open and she's standing at the threshold to the door of the bathroom and she starts barking. And I'm like, Pepper, stop. What are you doing? Shh, there's nobody here, girl. It's just us. And I start realizing that she's actually barking at something that's moving and she's tracking it. So I'm like, dog what are you doing? Stop. And I get up, I finish washing my hands and everything. And she's starting to growl. And as I come out of my bathroom door, I had a huge master suite. They're legit about, I want to say four feet up from my wood floor is a light. And please pardon my French when I say, I was pretty much like, well, gee, I must be pretty high, (laughs) you know, like I'm seeing things. And then I'm like, no, wait, I can't just be seeing things if the dog is seeing things. And this little itty bitty yellowish white light is just kind of doing a little dance, not drifting like dust. It's purposeful and it's kind of floating down and the dog is watching it. And I was so mesmerized by it that I was literally getting down to my knees watching as it was descending down towards the floor. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> you see it, I see it. Why isn't anybody else home to see it? And it just got right at about four inches from the floor and then poof, just disappeared. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I know it's kind of strange but after having sold the house in 20 yeah, right around 2020, it was during the whole beginning and, and, and height of the pandemic my kids have been telling me stories even more recently about some of the weird things not that only had they seen, but had heard in the house. And so it's kind of been on mine lately. Because I'm starting to remember a lot of other weird occurrences that we've had, had had in that house, including lights in the woods, weird shadows and movements in the woods. Uh, I still remember the first weekend we moved in, being in the bedroom, sleeping and waking up hearing voices. And it wasn't like I could hear exactly what they were saying, but she could tell that it was almost like at least two people, maybe Mm -hmm. more, and they were kind of muted and you just heard the exchange. And my kids were like, oh, yeah, we used to see stuff all the time. You know, we would see shadows up in the loft. You know, we would hear footsteps on the floors that were carpeted up in their rooms, creaking the wood underneath. They would have lights and things turn on, turn off by themselves one time we had a doorbell ring and no one was there. Lots of just interesting things. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I could say, oh, I could chalk it up to ghosts. But a light like that? Mm, I don't know. I'm kind of open-minded about it, but I feel like that that was weird. That was, that was like a fairy because it was really tiny. It was really, mm-hmm. really, really tiny. Yeah, I, so, sometimes I think
0: light is the sort of... Uh base form for all of this stuff, you know, but other times who know, I mean, you know, this is just me speculating to the extreme. The other thing is, you know, there's the old trope about building a house on, on top of a burial ground or something. Yeah. I think building a house on top of a battlefield would give me just as much pause as far as uh, engendering paranormal activity. I think you probably get just as much, if not more on a battlefield. Every battlefield seems to come with a slew of ghost stories.
2: Well, it's got a slew of emotions from all of the people that were there.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah. and I do know that a lot of people had been combing the woods with metal detectors and were finding, you know, some old musket balls, you know, other pieces of metal and stuff that may have been left over from the battle itself, but the majority of the actual live-action probably happened more like a mile to two and a half miles from where my neighborhood was. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So it was just an encampment, but nonetheless, it was definitely a creepy little neighborhood when it came to trying to walk at night and it was utterly safe, but we did have weird things happen. We had lots of weird things happen. And uh, it doesn't really phase me entirely because I've seen stuff since I was a really little kid. And I kind of would swear that my two children have odd gifts of their own one child sees auras and colors off of things another child has seen ghosts since they were small they even had weird past life dream experiences that were just uncanny wow
0: that's always really intense when kids start talking about that it's like what
2: yeah yeah well i mean I, i i kind of chalk it up to them as this comes with the family line Mm -hmm. Because ever since I can remember, but like I said, I've seen ghosts ever since I was little. And on my dad's side of the family, they used to hushedly talk about some of our ancestors coming from over in Europe, um, specifically Ireland. And having been known as like the area healers, my dad once sat me down when I hit about 13, 14 and was like, hey, kid, just want you to know. Now that you're hitting puberty and all that stuff is happening, you're probably going to see things. And I was like, duh, dad, where you been?
3: Hmm.
2: And that kind of goes for me with my odd gift. I do consider it a gift. It's kind of like a double-edged sword because there's sadness but joy with it as well. I've had a lot of people in my family who have died and they come and visit me almost literally to the minute of them dying. Oh, really? pass on messages for me to give to other people in the family. Wow.
0: So they're in some other location and an apparition appears to you, in other words.
2: Yep. And usually it's in dreams as opposed to while I'm awake. Still
0: valid, I think. You don't have (laughs) to give me the exact messages, but what are the nature of the messages?
2: Basically, like, it's okay. I'm all right. I'm not in pain. Tell everybody it's all right. Don't be too sad. And it's funny because it's not just the one time on their initial onset of death, but sometimes, like, my mom's parents come back to give me messages like, tell your mom to stop being such a pain in the ass. So, um, and I do pass these messages along. (laughs) How are they received? Usually pretty good. There's a few people on my dad's side of the family that really stay away from me, and I'm totally okay with that. Mm -hmm. But when... My dad's sister passed away from cancer. He was there with her. And he said they went to bed and she passed in the middle of the night. And as soon as they woke up and realized that she had passed, he went outside and he was smoking a cigarette and he saw a falling star. And he had said to me, you know, I always thought that usually when that kind of stuff would happen to me, instead of me having dreams about them, it was more like the environment would change around him. So like the winds would pick up or the rains would either start or stop or, you know, like little subtle changes in the environment at the moment of so-and-so's passing. But for me, it's always been the dreams. Mm. But he remembered her passing. And then when I when his mother and his father passed, they came and visited me. And I told him when his dad died, it was like Grandpa was on a boat. He had your sister with him. And they said, it's okay. We're all together. He was like, I, I totally, I totally believe you. And I even told my grandma, um, and she passed away two years ago next month. And when she passed, she came to me and told me that she had an entire collection of envelopes to give to everybody, like all the grandchildren and the great grandchildren that she had, um, little notes, messages, maybe a little bit of money or other things that she had intended that certain people in the family get. And I was like, she's mad because nobody's listening to what she wanted. And my dad was able to confirm about a year ago that in fact, one of the other sisters had said, yeah, mom had had like a whole stack of envelopes. Wow. That were for everybody to go out, but they never got distributed. Oh, and she gets mad. She definitely gets mad. So, but her and, and my grandfather, I don't know. It's like I haven't seen them together. They're always separate. So, but yeah, I mean, I've I've had those things happen with the fairies and, and the cryptid or whatever wolf creature it is and the ghosts and things. And yeah, Michelle, Gettysburg. I mean, we've had a lot of stuff happen with ghosts and stuff and places we've stayed at even in Gettysburg. And
0: the ghost. let me ask just a couple more questions the light that you saw during the day in Fairfield what did that look like
2: sort of like flashes of sunshine when you hit a reflection
0: of glass Mm -hmm. could you tell how large was this more like an orb shape or was it did it have any shape
2: like flashlight sized beam not really shining like a flashlight but just a quick flash Mm mm-hmm I asked my friends, I said, you know, is there anything back there? And they were like, "Nah, there's nothing back there. It's just more field behind the woods. And I was like, well, is there a house close by? And they were like, nah, the closest house is a three quarters of a mile away. And I was like, are you sure there's nothing back there? Because I saw lights and they were like, man, it's probably the faithful. <laughs> I was like, okay. But yeah, it kind of was a, a, yellowish white light.
0: And what about the lights you saw in the woods in Delaware there?
2: More like candlelight. Interesting. Because it was nighttime when I saw those.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And I've seen something similar like that on the north end of Gettysburg when I've stayed at properties that were sort of like on the north end where all those less popular battlefields are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They don't get quite as much attention as some of the other ones, but it looked almost like the ones in Gettysburg. Almost looked like uh, campfires.
0: I've seen one off of Eisenhower Bridge when we were recording the the witch cloud stuff in Gettysburg, and I've seen one another one very similar to this in uh, at that place we call Site Seven once, which looked all the world like someone carrying an old lantern to the. Yes. To, yeah, almost like you could see the movement, the up and down movement, as if they were holding it in their hand and carrying it and kind of pushing through. Well, the one in Gettysburg was across, sort of like across the uh, the field, across on the yeah. bridge. But the one in, in Site 7 was uh, through the woods. You could see that. And it just looked like somebody holding a lantern and kind of walking through the woods. Popping along. Yeah, really creepy. Yeah.
2: And it was kind of creepy because I, I know I wasn't the only person that saw that because there were about a dozen of us in this one little historic house staying for a weekend to have a get together. <laughs> and. It was interesting because the house itself had been owned by an older woman who had recently passed away. So he, I guess the family started using it sort of like a and b rental, just a rental cabin. But even our first night there on that property, and don't even ask me exactly where it's located. To this day, every time I drive up and down the north end of Gettysburg, I can't find any kind of site of this house but I know it's back there it's off the road it had a copper roof which could be any other house in the area but the first night we were there at least half of us saw lights in the woods and there are no other houses there's no neighborhoods this was 20 some years ago Mm
3: -hmm.
2: so to see lights is kind of like that's weird but you know okay Gettysburg has ghosts and then like the next night we were sitting in the living room and somebody passed the window and it looked like they had gray on. And I was like, "Yeah, is anybody outside smoking? And everybody was accounted for. And I was like, um, did anybody else see that? <laughs> and at least one or two people were like,
0: yeah. It's amazing how many times around Gettysburg that, so, you know, Eisenhower Bridge was not there during the Civil War goes over um uh what is it is it will be run there i believe which did have there there was some battles around there and they did say that was one of the creeks that that ran red with blood during the battle Ooh. so there was some activity around there but it's not really like part of the battlefield there
3: mm-hmm. and uh,
0: one of the people we were talking to one night when we were out there said they were parked in their car or this this might have been one of the ghost guides that we met when out there i think it was i think he told us this story that either he or someone he knew was parked in the car, and I think they drifted off to sleep or something, or, or maybe they just kind of zoned out. All of a sudden, they noticed there was a, a guy in gray standing next to the car, like, looking in the window. And <laughs> they said, you know, look, I know we're in Gettysburg. I know how goofy this sounds, but it looked like a Confederate, you know, uniform. And this you know guy just looks in the window, kind of walks away, and they get out to look for him, and, of course, don't see anything, can't find him anywhere.
2: That's weird. But then again, I believe it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like the number of Civil War things that pop up around there. There's the famous story about the people who picked up the hitchhiker that they thought was a reenactor that climbed in the back of their pickup truck. And, you know, they drive along and then they look for the guy and he's he's not in the back of the pickup truck. It's like, mm. you know, how did this, you know, ancient ghost or what was he thinking? Like, I guess, you know, he'd never seen a pickup truck during the Civil War, but he hopped right in. I don't know.
2: Well, it was pretty interesting because the house itself was really cute. And it was definitely, I would say, an early to mid-1800s homestead. So it was almost completely original, you know, all the bare wood everywhere. Um, And I remember her when we first got there, my girlfriend who arrived first to open up the place was like, I think that the woman who died is in here. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, I heard footsteps on the stairs. And they're the old, old colonial kind of curvy, small, narrow, like, no, I'm never going to get my Ikea box up that staircase kind of stairs. Right, yeah, yeah. She was like, I have this weird feeling that she's here. And I was like, that's kind of cool, kind of creepy. Okay, cool. You know, it's not like our first ghost rodeo. I get it. So we were cooking dinner the first night, and I would usually do the chef duties. And uh, one of our friends was standing there, and he's like, I don't believe that. This That's bull. There's no way that goes surreal. And literally everybody who was in the kitchen just all standing around or sitting. I'm facing the sink. And the house itself had two entrances. So one was on one side of the house and the back porch was on the kitchen side. And he was standing next to the back porch door. And right as he said that, the, the porch door flew open. Oh, wow out of nowhere and everybody started laughing and i turned around and literally was like dude she's telling you straight up either respect it or get the hell out of her house and he was like okay okay (laughs) (laughs) okay fine i believe it now yeah i've been tapped on the shoulder yeah 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 but it was kind of creepy because like late at night when everybody was passed out and there had to have been like two or three bedrooms upstairs and one of my friends and i were crashed on a air mattress in the living room like it just it was definitely creepy if you woke up in the middle of the night and had to use the bathroom you were kind of like "Ooh, hurry up but the next day we got up and we were going to go into town and there was a vanity in one of the upstairs bedrooms so I was like oh I'm going to go up and you know do my makeup and I was only there like 15 minutes sitting at the vanity and I literally heard somebody come up the steps and Most of them had been making pretty good noise downstairs. You could hear a lot because the house wasn't that huge. But I heard somebody come up the steps and I was like, I know, I know. I'm taking too long. I'm almost done. And in the mirror that I'm staring in, I did see somebody full bodied walk up the top of the steps. And then instead of coming at me on one end of the hall, they went down the opposite end of the hall. And... I was like, hey, and I turned around, and there was nobody there. So I went looking in all the rooms, and I was like, where is everybody? And I hear, we're all downstairs. Will you hurry up? <laughs> and I was just like, okay, I think I just saw the old lady. <laughs> i like, I'm ready to leave now. <laughs> but the whole group of us, we'd, we'd convene from all over the country and just pick spots along the East Coast And it was usually Pennsylvania or Virginia and just get together and do these things. And that was one of the things that we used to love to do was a lot of paranormal research. And I have tapes filled with EVPs. You know, I have a couple weird pictures in Gettysburg where we were in Devil's Den and I had a Blair Witch moment happen. In what sense? There were about seven or eight of us that went in maybe two cars, three cars. We went up to the top of Devil's Den. This was before they started all of the rehabilitation to make it look more authentic, Mm -hmm. which I uh, was upset about because you're like tearing down all this nature. I get it. You're trying to preserve history. But, man, nature. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: Because
2: there are things in those woods and on that land that are not Civil War, too.
3: Right.
2: (laughs) And I was like, everybody stay together. You know, there's a lot of rocks here. It can be kind of dangerous. And this was before digital cameras really happened i had a regular film camera like a 35 millimeter and i was like don't anybody leave me this area creeps me out well sure enough i got left (laughs) so i was like i'm gonna get you guys like later on i promise because i asked you not to leave me and i was with one of my friends who was climbing on the larger rocks he said he saw something dip down into the rocks so i started taking snaps of him and in those pictures there are orbs then he kind of dipped down and he was like you're gonna come and i was like oh no i'm not i'm not doing a rock climb in the middle of the night with without proper gear forget it so i stayed up on the top of the hill and the triangle was back behind us the cars were kind of parked up on top of the hill when you could still do that because i think that they used to have the roadway done differently up there
0: yeah and you used to be allowed to go in the park till i think it was 11 p.m or so and you
2: we were there late it was definitely dark
0: yeah now they're they got a out by dark i think
2: which is still funny because i don't think everybody adheres to that no, but, no,
0: no i'm sure they don't
2: there's a tree on the top of that hill at least one that i can recall mm-hmm. i was just taking random pictures and all of a sudden my camera stopped working and I'm looking at it and I'm like, no, the batteries are okay. You know, we always have spare batteries cause you never know. They say that spirits and energy can take power from electronic items. It's been my experience so, that
0: this happens frequently.
2: Yeah. 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 It's like never go out without, and forget the American express card. You need batteries.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Chad and I <laughs> carry a lot of batteries between the two of us. A lot.
2: A lot. Yeah. And I know that my batteries were freshly placed. We always all check, you know, check all the equipment before we go out. So I'm like, what is going on with my camera? And all of a sudden it starts snap, 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 snap on its own. And I'm like, guys, come on. I'm getting creeped out. (laughs) Where are you? And they must have all spread out because I know several people were down in a triangle and they had their own weird experiences. And one guy at least is out in the rocks and I'm by myself. And I turned around to look at my friend in the rocks, and I hear in the grass, walk, 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 branch snap, right behind me. So I turn the camera and start snapping pictures behind me. And that's why I call it my Blair Witch moment, because you could see my face in the corner of one picture, (laughs) Mm. looking all scared, like, what? And I thought maybe it was my friends playing a joke on me, because that's our kind of humor. There were orbs. All throughout the top of that hill, I have some that actually look fractalized, like they're moving.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And there was not one single living body person behind me trying to play a joke.
0: Years and years ago. And again, this is, yeah, I don't know what you're you're talking about, but this would have been it, during the time we were using like disposable cameras and stuff. So I don't know, early 2000. I'm
2: thinking 20, 2002. Yeah,
0: sometime some around there. Yeah, we were in. It was a field that's like near Devil's Den. It's hard to explain where. It's not exactly in the Devil's Den area. And it's not the triangle field. It's another field. But we just stopped, and decided to take some pictures. And we just fired off pictures towards the woods, and there were orbs in these pictures that we did not see when we were there. So only yeah. we got the film developed, and there was no there was no cars back there. There was no, no lights. There was nobody in the woods. There was nothing. And that was like the first time we ever, I think, got any good pictures. We're like, whoa, that's that is an orb. I'll have to try to find those pictures. I'm I'm not sure where they might be, but we didn't see them until we developed the film.
2: Yeah, and I didn't see anything either, and that's why I kept thinking, well, my friends have got to be playing a joke, ha ha ha. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, those pictures, they were amazing, and it wasn't the only stuff that happened. Like we went out during the day into the triangle field. One of my friends was sitting on the rocks that are kind of off to the right side of the field when you're looking at the wall. And he was sitting there and he was by himself, but in the picture that I took of him sitting off in the distance on that rock, there was another person standing next to him behind the rock. Mm -hmm. And then on the hill across from Devil's Den where that huge tower monument is,
3: Mm
2: -hmm. um, we were there at sunset another night and I got a picture of him with the tower behind him and it almost looks like you would think, oh, it just double exposed. But when you start to look at the picture closer, his face and the face that's just to his left, almost superimposed on his entire length of body, is different than him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, yeah, I mean, that was a super eventful weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I think, I don't know, I, I kind of want to go back to analog cameras. I think they caught more.
2: I think they did too.
0: Yeah. I I think digital cameras are, I mean, sometimes you can get something with digital cameras, but also, I don't know. Like when we've tried to take pictures of weird lights, they don't look like what we're taking pictures of with the digital camera. I mean, they don't look look like what we're seeing outside of the Mm -hmm. viewer. Mm -hmm. They just look like, you know, pin lights of of white light. And it's like, that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing red or blue or green or something. And, you know, it's just, digital cameras just don't seem. I don't know. I, You know, I had a, a uh, photography guy on talking about it not too long ago, Chris Ernst. And he was like, no, nah, there shouldn't be any difference between digital and analog. But I've kind of thought about that. Tyler from Hellyer and I were talking about it a little bit. And he kind of changed my mind on that uh, just a bit because uh, there are some differences that are interesting between digital and analog. And it inspired me, to, in fact, to go back to analog recording for audio as well. So, Which is uh, great. Coming up, I'm going to start. Taking old school analog tape recorders with me, as well as the digital recorders I normally take, because I think they might serve us differently. I'm not—that's not say one's better than the other, but they—they they might serve different things, and we might get different things on the analog versus the digital.
2: Well, it would make sense. I mean, if you think about people who do a lot of paranormal research, they've got bags filled with various items. Yeah, it could apply in the same sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's artifacts that happen with analog stuff that you just don't get with digital. You get a very pure signal with digital things, whereas analog tends to capture more of these artifacts, which that might be where the interesting stuff is.
2: The group that we used to run with even used to stay up in Sullivan County, PA, um, north of Williamsport, there's a small little town called Eaglesmere. Uh, That's on top of one of the mountains in the Endless Forest. Uh, It's like right at the edge of the World's End State Park, actually. So it's kind of between Ricketts Glen, World's End State Park, and then the small town of Shore would be the next larger town. And the town of Eagles near is built on what used to be sacred hunting grounds. They talk about a lot of um, albino deer that are pretty sacred that are supposed to be seen. And they have their own cryptid stories up that way, too. And we used to rent several cottages from year to year. We'd go like maybe once or twice a year, sometimes in the spring, usually in the fall, right around Halloween. And we would do paranormal research in the small town while we were there for like upwards of a week. Um, We used to get permission to go sit in the cemeteries at night and try to get stuff done there. And that's where I got a lot of really good EVPs too. But the one lodge that we initially started staying in was kind of a hodgepodge of all these other properties that had existed in town that had either burnt down or been torn down. And then whatever was reclaimed was used to build this lodge. And this was a pretty huge lodge. It could sleep upwards of 30 to 40 people at one point. Uh, I know it's no longer on the market for a rental. I think some family bought it and made it their, you know, off season space. But Mm -hmm. we all used to swear that there was a vortex right near this house because it was just off the chain with paranormal stuff happening. I've got arguments on EVPs that are not coming from anybody that was in the lodge, even though we were there. I've heard piano playing by itself in the middle of the night on these EVPs. Uh, I've had knocking where something is like, oh, look at this little thing. What is this? Tip, tip, tip. We've had, it's interesting because again, as the cook, I was in the kitchen a lot. And um, no matter how many times you would close this one utensil drawer, it just kept opening up on its own. You would hear the pool table being played, in an adjacent room down in the basement where the kitchen was, but nobody was in there playing pool. We had a bunch of us sitting up in one of the top floor rooms one day, just talking about a bunch of different stuff. And this glass kind of hurricane lamp was like a tall standing lamp rather than a table lamp. The globe just shattered for no reason out of nowhere as we're talking about the stuff in the house Hmm. that was happening. And it kind of creeped us all out because, like, nobody hit it. Nobody touched it. It hadn't fallen or been moved. You could see people and hear people moving, like, down the hall sometimes. Sometimes you would pick up smells like perfume almost when nobody was wearing any rose-based perfumes. So many different things that would happen up there. Uh, doors opening and shutting, all sorts of things. And, and like I've had pictures even there that were strange, and the EVPs and the different sounds. One day it was funny because <laughs> I was down in the kitchen and everybody else was basically on the two top floors talking, and I had music playing on a CD player back when the hard stereo systems were a little more boombox portable, mm-hmm. but not quite as small as handheld. The volume on the player started turning up and down by itself and then would pause and then go and then pause and then go. And I was like, ha you guys are funny. Stop it. I like that song, but there's nobody down there but me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I could go and investigate, try to figure out something wrong with the CD player, come back and the drawer will be open again. No. <laughs> but some of these structural pieces that the lodge had been built from had actually been from some pretty disastrous fires where people lost lives. And I mean, I fully believe that imprints, energetically, spiritual, however you want to claim it, can definitely be left on items and then influence an area. Because the house, there had been no house standing on that property prior to that lodge being built. And it had to have been built in, like, I'd say 70s maybe, so it wasn't that old. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, it, that town has just got a strange, strange energy as well. And, I mean, I don't know. For me with PA, especially the way I feel about, like, York County and stuff, I don't know if it's, it's because the Appalachians are close by and run through or if it's because of the courts. Or if it's just strictly because of the lay of the land. I know that there are some people that believe it has to do with the Susquehanna. There's just so many odd things that have happened in that area. And
0: That was my next question. Because I get asked a lot. Like, what is it about Pennsylvania? That was actually the next question I was going to ask you. What is it about Pennsylvania? I don't know. Yeah.
2: I don't know. I mean, I like to think that, that generally for me, in a larger sense... On the East Coast, Pennsylvania, you know, Pennsylvania, of course, being part of the area, that maybe it has something to do with ley lines. Mm -hmm. If it has to do with the Appalachians, we know that the Appalachians are one of the oldest formations Mm -hmm. on the planet. You know, that they run, originally would have run all the way up towards Scotland. Yeah. All the way down. So, who knows? I mean, it could be a lot of different things. But PA has this just strange sense. And I mean, I've lived in Delaware off and on most of my life. I've lived in Bucks County. You know, here I am thinking about moving to York County. I've been all over the state and it just seems like that specific area is a little bit different than others.
0: So my other question is, considering that you've had these different experiences in these different places, and I often ask people this, and it may be, not one or the other, it, it may be both, or you know, one may lead to the other. Have you considered that it maybe it's not the places that are haunted, but maybe it's you that's haunted?
2: <laughs> I mean, if some of my family members want to come see me, I guess that could be considered a type of haunting of myself. But I've not had tons of activity generally mm-hmm. following me okay. from place to place. But I'm you know it's possible. I mean, my dad' saying that there are certain gifts in the family is one consideration. One might say that it's some sort of thing that's passed down in the family, another might say, "Oh, maybe you're just mediumistic, you know, you ask somebody else, and they might say, "Oh, honey, you're just strange and eccentric right but sure yeah it,
0: <sighs> yeah, and it might be that it's a takes a certain type of person in one of these haunted places to sort of you know activate things or I, you know, I can't guess how it works, but uh, it may be the combination of the, of the two.
2: Sort of PK-ish, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. I've not really had a lot of poltergeist stuff happen, but most of my friends have some sort of weird kind of second sense or psychic gift or
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know mediumistic skills. We've had some pretty uncanny things happen to groups of us at a time, so there have been times where some of us have been isolated and had things happen and others where we've all been together and have had things happen. So that might break the mold of whether or not I'm haunted. But I digress. Yeah, it could be debated. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, the
0: true answer for all of this is, is who knows, but you know, it's just, just kind of speculating, trying to get people's ideas and theories and so forth. Have you in your life ever had sleep paralysis?
2: Not in the sense that I understand it. I've never really been the kind of person that's been plagued by, like, say, night terrors or nightmares. Mm -hmm. And I've never really had a dream where, like, I've woken up and maybe been in the half state where I can't move, but I've had pretty intense dreams where somebody will be saying something to me or I'll be crying in the dream, talking, and then I wake up and I'm speaking out loud and I'm crying
0: hmm Yeah, yeah. Being
2: woken from that. Yeah. I don't know if that would be considered sleep paralysis.
0: I don't think so, but it is a, yeah, it's a, it's another weird sleep thing for sure. Yeah. All right, so the last question is a fun one. On the morning of April 18th, 1961, Joe Simonton saw a silver disc on his farm. He went out, investigated, and stepped aboard the craft. There he encountered three dark-skinned humanoids who handed him an empty jug. Joe filled it with water and brought it back to them. In return, they gave him some pancakes. The question is, would you eat the pancakes?
2: Oh my gosh, I love that question. (laughs) (laughs) And I have listened to your podcast enough to hear a varied bevy of responses. I don't know. I really don't know. I guess it would depend upon whether my spidey senses were like, yo, you better run. <laughs> or are these guys kind of looking harmless? <laughs> right, right. I, I don't know that I would trust it.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I think it was my last guest who said that she would just invite him back to her place and make them pancakes. I think that's probably the best answer I've heard so far. Maybe I I'm not going to eat yours, but hey, you come with me. I'll make you some pancakes.
2: <laughs> you eat them. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I'll, I'll be hospitable. You eat my pancakes, so you can keep your own pancakes. I like that answer, but yeah. Given the the, uh, situation, you know, put me in the specific situation, then I'll make the call at the time, I suppose. Generally, I don't think I'm eating the pancakes.
2: Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know if I would trust it. It's, you know, like they always say when you're growing up, you know, don't take candy from a stranger. Exactly. Whether you're from this planet or not.
0: Right. And there's, yeah, there's enough stories about eating food from the Fae that give me pause, you know, that, you know, if these things are in any way like the Fae, maybe don't eat their food.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And hey, I have one question for you. Sure. One of your podcasts, you talked about the walk you went with at night on the train tracks coming out of Glen Rock with your friend. Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought about sharing a little more specifically where some of these areas have been with the experiences that you guys had that night? Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah, this is all stuff that I will absolutely share. I will pinpoint it for people. The only time I don't share is if it's like private property, like Site 7. I can't tell people where that is. There's one aspect of it that makes it a little dangerous, so I can't make that public besides it's private property. But it's any of these other places we go, I will absolutely tell people. I'll, I'll mark it on a map and show people where we were.
2: Huh. Okay. No well, I'm hoping that I'll get to meet you sometime because I wanted to come to the Abidwitch Festival, but I couldn't make it this fall. And I actually think I may have seen you like a year ago in another state. In West Virginia, like a year ago.
0: The last time I was there would have been for Cryptid Bash. Way back, like a couple years back. Way back?
2: Okay. Because I was out wandering around with my family in the car against the water near Shepherdstown, West Virginia. And I was trying to look for these areas where they've said there's been some paranormal and occult stuff happening. And I could have sworn I saw a guy that almost like you. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. That's uncanny.
0: Nope, wasn't me. How
2: weird would it be? (laughs) Wasn't me, at least not
0: that time. It was a good year to miss Albatwitch Day because this past Albatwitch Day was a rainy, muddy mess. Yeah. Hopefully the next one will be better.
2: I'm going to go to this year's. Now that we're in a new year, I'm definitely going to make it.
0: All right, I'm always there. Jennifer, thank you so much for sharing your stories.
2: Thank you so much for listening and thank you for meeting. I'm so happy that you guys do everything that you do. So thank you from everybody.
0: I don't know why I didn't ask Jennifer this when we were talking. It just occurred to me today, and I sent her a message. There's the rabbit in the background if you hear (laughs) noise. She talks about whatever this thing was leaving a circle of quartz. Uh, This creature, this wolf creature, whatever it was, or or something left a circle of Mm -hmm. quartz. And she said quartz crystal, and I thought about it. I was like, does she mean quartz crystal or quartzite? And she said, oh, quartzite, so like the white quartz. She clarified a little bit. She said it was like a almost like a bullseye pattern, like a circle of white quartz with something in the middle. In Hex Hollow, when I was at my chessboard, it would almost always be a triangle with one in the middle. So not a circle like a bullseye with one in the middle, but a triangle with one in the middle, all of white quartzite. So that's pretty interesting. Just wanted to make that note. Another possible connection. More dead stuff for our Curiosity of the Week. This one is... uh, Did you get this in an auction? that? This one isn't one of the ones I found.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think I got that in an auction.
0: It's a uh, cap of a deer skull. Would you say?
1: I am not an expert in that.
0: With little spike antlers on it, it sits upright. Could be used as a paperweight. <laughs> <laughs> could make a uh, hat from it.
1: I mean, yeah, actually, it probably would be good if you're making some sort of headdress for it. It was it probably would be kind of ideal. Wouldn't yeah, it?
0: yeah. Many many uses for this.
1: I also like the fact that he is uneven. Yeah. Two points on one side, one on the other, right? Yeah.
0: I don't know if he got into it with something and it, has, it broke off or it just grew that way.
1: I think it's like the rest of us. No, none of us are really even.
0: So I would take a photo of this. I'll put it in the show notes. If you click on that, it'll take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase this and other curiosities of the week, those that are left. Also at Etsy, what do we have there?
1: We have everything.
0: Everything. Mm-hmm. Now be careful. I think that's misleading.
1: <laughs> we have uh, artwork. We do
0: have artwork. We have Prints book. and originals. We have books. We have lots of my books there. Or, in fact, all of my books are there. And if you buy them from Etsy, they come signed.
1: We have music.
0: We do. Some of my music is there.
1: We have photos and ephemera. Indeed, we do. We have curiosities, both of the
0: leftover and new varieties. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Curiosities of the week and otherwise.
1: Yeah, we have all that stuff, and then we um,
0: strange familiar's t-shirts. We got mugs, we got stickers and patches. It's all there at Etsy.
1: If you're one of those people that uh, doesn't know about the World Wide Web and prefers brick and mortar stores, we have uh, one and soon to be two locations in the South Central Pennsylvania. That's right. Area we have one in Hanover at Black Rose Antiques, and our
0: stand is in the. If you're coming in from the front, our stand is in, like, the back left corner, if you're coming in the front door of Black Rose, which is the only way in.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're coming in another way, you're just breaking in. <laughs> yes. And soon, by February 10th, we will have a new stand in the super cool State Theater Theater which is in a new vintage co-op in Columbia, Pennsylvania, which is where the Albatwitch Festival is.
0: Yes, I'm super excited to have a permanent home for my books in Columbia.
1: Yeah, so we'll get to have things there, and it's going to be, it's like an over... I think it's like a 40 dealer co-op in a beautiful restored art deco theater which yeah, it's, it's like it couldn't it really couldn't be cool. I just like to be in there. <laughs> pretty massive.
0: Yeah. It was an antiques shop before but they're doing some improvements and
1: Yeah, they've really they've really put a lot of work into it. So if you enjoyed uh, Fragments of the Past, which is the antique store that was in Columbia in a smaller location, they've taken that over and are making a much 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 bigger location And it's is like such a cool place. We like yeah. to go there at least like once or twice a week and I love
0: Columbia. Love Columbia. Over at Black Rose in Hanover, though, Chad's there with us. Chad has a good bit of wool and he's got axes and some knives and stuff in a in a display case. Bespoke
1: the knives. Yeah. Not yeah. just your regular old knives.
0: Yeah. My books are there and you have a selection of a lot of you have a lot of glass over there, a lot of uranium glass.
1: I sold out of a lot of that, but I have a lot of different colours. I collect Anything shiny that looks nice in the light, mm-hmm. so we've got stuff we, we've got we stuff in stuff. various places, yes, and we'd like you to have some of our. stuff.
0: <laughs> go ahead and check it out in Colombia, you're gonna focus a lot more on photos, right?
1: Yeah, it's always been my dream to have like just exclusively uh paper and photograph photographica kind of stand and I'm gonna try to do. Largely that, but then with some, like...
0: Yeah, uh, I don't think you can avoid having at least some of it. Some,
1: stuff. some, I would say, some select smalls and curiosities. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we will make an announcement when that shop opens. So everyone can come visit from near and far.
1: It'll be great when Albatwitch is here, because it'll be something, like, you can do that along with...
0: Yeah, exactly. All right. That's it for this episode of Strange Familiars. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back soon with more. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Color Arts. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. If you want to hear more or purchase music, you can go to we or on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars. The Strange Familiars gathering group is also there. You can join that. We're on Instagram, at strangefamiliars, all one word, no underscores. Please give us a follow there. You can find us on the web at strangefamiliars.com. And remember, for Strange Familiars merch, strangefamiliars.com slash merch.
4: I'm mm-hmm.